You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead and pull up a chair. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the After Laugh. I'm so happy because I have my my friend and you know Garrett Dillahunt. You used to be. I used to consider you one of my best friends. As a matter of fact, I would always say. Used to. Well, I just never see you anymore. This okay. is Garrett Dillahunt. If you don't know who Garrett Dillahunt is, I have a couple things to say about that. First of all, you know who he is because you've seen him on something. You're one of the more ubiquitous actors working today. I mean, I I think that's not an overstatement at all. I hope um, it continues. I hope it continues. And I also think that. Um, and I'll say this to you now. I will. I will. I will be a man and say this. You are probably one of the most talented people I know in my life. I've ever known in my life. Oh, come on. You. You have a career that I. I marvel at everything you do. I think is is genius or borderline genius. And uh, and you've inspired me. I mean, I don't know why it hasn't kicked in my career that inspiration. <laughs> but but no, you, it's 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 a type of career I look at because you All can right. walk down the street, right? Pretty. You much, can walk yeah. down the street. People go. Do I know you from high school? Do I know you from college? <laughs> and of course, you obviously have the fans who do know you from cats. from your stuff. But um, like when we did jujitsu at at Henzo Gracie's, all these people were like, "When you were kicking, I know ass. you from That's something. Right. I know I you from something." So it's kind of great because you don't have to deal with too much of a crazy fan base, I imagine. But I li- you were, I like how you're framing this. I like it. You know? But you're hugely respected in the industry. Everyone in the industry obviously knows who you are. And for f- for fans of the podcast who are listening, if you don't know Garrett Dillahunt, like ch- check out his work, and I'm sure you have dozens and dozens of things streaming right now. And one of the things I like most about you, which because I'm a comedian and an actor, is you can play the badass sort of redneck, gun-toting <laughs> Western guy, and then you can do like the mini project, right? Or right. you can do Raising Hope. It's, so that's it's nice. Yeah, man. So anyway, Garrett Dillhunt, everyone. Um, <laughs> Thanks for having me, Bill. Yeah. It's good to see you. It's been a while. I, you know, like I said, uh, I, I really like and respect you. It's been years since I've seen you. So the podcast just becomes kind of an excuse to just kind of well, see it's a good one. We, I'm sorry it's been so long. I don't know how that happens. It seems to get worse as you get older. Because I, I swear, like I, I don't have much of a social life, <laughs> so it seems like I should have been able to get out and see my friend. In your defense, you're on set like, <laughs> 10 months out of the year probably right uh, I, I i guess so you know i i'm not it's it's nice to have that intro that was really sweet of you and we know each other from long ago from we our, from our regional theater festival days. you know we went to the same acting <laughs> school for those of you who don't know bill is also has a master's degree <laughs> yeah. in acting uh, from nyu <laughs> but you know it, it, time just slips it's it's just like more and more as you get older it seems like it's just like yeah, I just saw you the minute ago, and it's no, that was two years or yeah. what? Or, yeah, I just can't believe it. Yeah, but we keep in touch. Like every once in a while, we'll get a phone call, and there'll be a, a, a crisis in, in our lives or something here and there, and be like, reach out here and there. Um, but I always, you know, sometimes I'll I'll, I'll mention you to a friend. And I'll be, like, hey, he's a good friend of mine. When's the last time we saw him? I don't know what <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, anyway, so the thing that Garrett you're doing right now, and I know. You have so much stuff on, on your plate and resume, but um, you're doing Fear of the Walking Dead. Yeah, I'm on that right, show. Which premieres when? This season has been delayed, obviously, because of the the COVID and the shutdown. We were mid-season 
when we were shooting. Oh, did someone get it? No. That, he's hearing all the trap. It doesn't really pick up as much as you think it does, believe it. There are helicopters coming over looking for Britney Spears. It doesn't, doesn't really pick up the way you think it does. Someone needs to tune up his cycle out there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they shut us down just because of everything was being shut down. Not, no one on set had Nothing it. specific. Mid-March. And yeah. we, hadn't, we hadn't quite finished the first half of the season. So okay. we, we go back to, to resume that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Early October, I think, and and, the sh- and they're going to start airing what we've shot. Yeah, I think October 11th. And where does that shoot? Texas, Texas. Yeah. One of the things I'm always curious about because I've I've never cracked the code for this when I'm traveling either on a shoot, but mostly as a stand-up is how I travel. When I'm in a, in a strange city, right, or strange town, and I'm there for weeks or months, yeah. I've never really figured out how to make it a fruitful. <laughs> And productive time. Even if you have too much time on your hands or... Yeah, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, I, I know we, t- we we both do... Are you still doing jiu-jitsu? I haven't. I haven't rolled in like five years. Oh, really? Not since wow. I tore my knee. I, it scared me and I How'd quit. How'd you tear your knee again? Doing jiu-jitsu. Oh, did someone do I a... I tore my ACL. A heel, heel hook? No, you know, it wasn't actually jiu-jitsu. It was, like a, it was like an MMA portion of this class I took on a whim in New York. I was in New York... You know, and I went in, and we were doing this sort of Korean martial art, and we we're doing these throws. These was like it? Were you training throws. for something for like a film or something? No. Did you have to do that stuff in movies and TV? I imagine, like, well, a little not bit necessarily jujitsu. You know, look, I got into jujitsu late anyway. I was in yeah. my forties. Yeah, know, I met you know uh, Ed O'Neill on a show. Yeah, Ed O'Neill. If you don't know, married with children, <laughs> modern family. He is a black belt, probably second degree now or something. <laughs> he took me to his hotel room and was showing me moves and was like choking the fuck out of me. <laughs> and I was like, I got to try this. And he took me down to the Gracie Institute down in like Huntington Beach or wherever that is, that big yeah. beautiful place. And all these like beautiful dudes came out and just like <laughs> Brazilian guys. humiliated me, you know, and just yeah. like, you know, in the kindest way. Yeah, of just course. Just like, you seem athletic, you know, like, see if you can get me out, get out from under me. And I knew I wouldn't be able to, <laughs> but I flopped around for a while and you're like, oh, this is very interesting. I want to, I want to learn this. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because you're like a strong guy. You've always been a strong guy. I've been athletic. You've you been know, athletic. But, and so then you're like, here's this little Brazilian why the fuck can he dominate me right now it's a weird well feeling. he was about my size and you know and, and I'd had some you know exposure to it not practicing but at least viewing it so I didn't have faith that I would get him off me I thought he's not going to show me something that that I like oh you don't need jujitsu you know <laughs> you go ahead you've got this figured but I just loved it I wished I'd found it earlier yeah of course you know yeah, and I, whatever you know but I, I was never going to fight or compete you know, I just, I liked the chess match of it and the, you know, it was the first thing I found in a long time that I was just interested. Like, my interest was... Yeah, for sure. Was 100%. Particularly like, something that, that's athletic and involves exercise, because I just find yeah. myself bored as hell trying to... Just working out. Like, or, hey, like if I had a... Like when I played Mickey Mantle, I was like, well, I want to get big for Mickey Mantle. I just meant going to the gym. Right. And I just can't find any motivation Beating to do lot. that. And you do yeah. a lot of roles where you play the heavy, for lack of a better word. I guess so. Because you got broad shoulders and big chest. There's certainly a lot of physical roles. I've been lucky to do that. And, and, and you know, the, the great thing about jiu-jitsu or any martial art is you, you, you realize, oh, it's, it's not so bad getting hit in the face. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Getting choked out is not so bad as long as you tap. You're like, you're like oh, you know, I survived. 
you know uh, y- your your body's you know can take more than y- you thought and it's yeah. it's not a big deal to get hurt or abraded or you know what I mean? So it was helpful that way. You, there was a language with the stunt team then that, you know, I wasn't afraid to get knocked around a little that bit. That makes sense, yeah. And that was helpful. But I've never had to, like, actually do real jujitsu, say, uh, you know, in a show or something. But you've had to do stunts probably, like, yeah, low-level you know, stunts. Yeah, lots of stunts yeah. and lots of fights. Now, you did tell me one story a long time ago that I don't know if you're still out. You can talk about it, I'm sure, on the podcast, <laughs> about Ed O'Neill and was it Charlie... When you were shooting Deadwood, oh yeah, Garrett was also. Here's another thing: if if you if you're not aware of Garrett's talent, this is how good this motherfucker is. He was on Deadwood in one role, and he did a great job. And you played like a kind of a, an accountant or something, or a no? I played I played Jack McCall. Okay, so he was Kills like Wild Bill Hickok. Okay, Jack right? McCall, like drunk, and, and then you like and you had like the right, ha- okay. you did like. You have this trick where you can make your right. eye look half open. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then he was that character was murdered. And then you came back a season later as a different character. Yeah, it kind of gave me a career. And I don't know that I could have done that today. And not that I'm super famous or anything, but I'm, people, people pick me out. Yeah, you know. But so you're saying that gave you saying Deadwood gave you a career, or just the fact I that you played so. those two roles? I yeah. think so. well, the fact that I played two roles on Deadwood, then you get this reputation. Yeah, deserved or not. Like, oh, I mean, he, absolutely he can deserved. do anything. Yeah, of and course. Like, yeah, 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 I can, I can. You yeah, know, no, that's the best. But it's nice for you to think that. It, it was actually, know? like I said, it was inspiration. <laughs> when I when I was doing that Mickey Mantle sh- flop show on Broadway, I had to play Mickey Mantle and Thurman Munson. And Act oh, 1, wow, I was yeah, Thurman yeah. Munson. Act 2, I was Mickey Mantle. And that was my biggest because I would think about that on Dead Was like if people don't recognize me from one act to the next act, then that's acting, right? That, that's what we always thought, yeah. right? I mean, when we went to school, this is this was the whole goal was to yeah. play a wide variety of. And that's the thing is I didn't think I was doing anything that spectacular. That's what all of us do in school. That's what all of us do in the theater. And yeah, you're not even really thinking about like will they recognize me or not. It's just like. Can I can I do this other part justice as well? You know, yeah. this, and then this other guy, completely different than that guy. That was the whole. That was the whole. That was attractive. To that was me the fun part. That's did. why we did it. I really. thought that's what we were supposed to do. Yeah, know? we but, didn't do it because we were like we have great personalities and we love ourselves. So we want to be on camera. <laughs> yeah, I want to like, be away we from wanna myself. Hide. <laughs> we want to hide in the character. <laughs> Please, Jesus, get me away from the real Garrett. Now, yeah. as a as a comic actor and dramatic actor, I mean, obviously, you must have a preference, right? Do you have a a preference for a comedy I'm or drama? I'm sure I do. I, I, I do think, and now especially, comedy's really needed. Like, people are just, you know, Raising Hope was so much fun. Yeah. And uh, and it's much more difficult than people think. And I, I like Particularly the physical sitcoms. comedy. My God. Nature. Yeah. The pace and the timing. I mean, for, for you to be able to, you've been in Oscar-winning films and in sitcoms, I think that you know the Venn diagram of actors who've done that. It's like Jamie Fox and yeah, a couple more. Something. But you there's a mean? lot of people that do it, isn't there? That you know, it's it's more about the opportunity. Yeah. You know, and early on, I kept being told like, you gotta choose. Who are you? What you know? Yeah, you no gotta choose for to the industry. And, sure. And then you start to feel like, am I a weirdo? I just, I I didn't think you needed to know a anything about me personally. You yeah. Know, I just had to be good, but you have to be this commodity. But as you get older, then it becomes your pigeonhole. Like, oh, he's the guy that can do a lot of things. Yeah. You know, that, that's who he is. But yeah. it takes a while for that to, you know, get some traction. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now your reputation in the industry as a guy who can kind of 
like a panacea actor. You can kind of put you anywhere, and you, you can be the tough guy. You can be, you can be the sensitive, funny guy. Definitely. I, I mean, <laughs> super but, sensitive. <laughs> you are in real life, <laughs> but a lot of times you 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 know, because you're like six two and and you know fit, but sometimes you play like the kind of like henpecked kind of guy. You know, a little bit. Uh, sure. Yeah. You know, but that's yeah. that's a great part. Um, do you have anything that you look back where you go? man, I wish I had done this role differently or if there was an opportunity that you were like, man, I wish I'd taken this opportunity? I think so. I mean, there's, uh, I, I, I don't understand people that say like, oh, I never watched myself. I, I understand because they don't want to become self-conscious yeah. about anything. But I just think it's hard to avoid sometimes, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but I don't sit there and study things. But I, I, I do know that there are times I've been like, eh, I'd like to have another crack at that scene or... You know, mm. I can't tell you what it is right at the moment, but you know, like even in Jesse James, there was a a line that the just it always James, sounds yeah. wrong, or or in Deadwood, there was a you know the second character just goes on this murder spree, killing all these prostitutes because he's trying to hide his sort of depraved predilection. Yeah, you know, so he's killing all the witnesses, and he kills his favorite one, and she's sort of. He had it. He had had his arm around her when he did it, and now she's leaning against his arm, and he can't get his arm out. And he makes a joke. He's like, "Well, I could cut off my arm." Like <laughs> hilarious, like to get out. And I said it just weirdly, and the stress was wrong, and it's always bothered me <laughs> ever since. It's stupid, but just there's always something that you want another crack at, or there's just not enough time, or or with maturity, you think like there was more going on than you realized. Yeah, you know, but. You know, you can't do anything about it. Yeah, of so. course, of course. Um, now, you're also a talented musician, I know, that you don't really do much with. Musician? You can sing and play guitar. and. Oh, I can I play mean, guitar a little bit. I thought, I thought that's what you meant. I was like, I don't Yeah, but no, it's all, I, I've heard you sing. I was like, this motherfucker <laughs> is limitless. Um, and, and you write too, you know, right? You've done some I, that's writing? What, that's what I studied in undergrad. I have a degree in journalism. You know, it's as valuable as that And you went be. to undergrad at U... University of Washington. The University of Washington. So, Seattle, so yeah. Gary is from Yakima, Washington, which I've actually bizarrely spent a lot that of time is, in Yakima. Even more, you've spent time in Sela, Washington. Sela, Washington. Which is where I went to convention high school. convention center. <laughs> like population 6,000. It was more now, but yeah. when I was there... Yeah, I've been doing shows there for the past few years, and um, that's crazy. That when you told crazy. me that, like I just, I was just coming there, and you were just. Uh, that, yeah. That's the odd. What are the odds of that? That's very bizarre because it's not like I get flown to every city in the country. But, <laughs> but Yakima, they just love me. It's two different groups of people in Yakima who keep flying me out there. One was once one wants to do prison shows. Really? Yeah, out there, which is a whole other story. So, um, and Yakima is like it's. Farm country, right? Yeah, it's an agricultural uh, apples. You know, it's a, it's a very. Did you grow up on a farm? Apples. Or just sort of. No, suburban? we grew up. My, my father was in the trucking business. He was a trucker. That's why we moved there. There was work. Yeah. And uh, you know, so he he hauled, and his companies hauled the fruit and the stuff. You know, but I worked there. That was like my summer jobs. Was always in the apple orchards. Did you work with your father in the trucking company? No, no. Just, no. I would. Th there were so many places, to, like, and I was moving sprinkler pipes and driving tractors and spraying and mowing, you know, those orchard maintenance. Yeah. On this big, like, 900-acre ranch that was near the house. Yeah. 
it was kind of great. I kind of miss it sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Like, you're outside all day. It was the 80s, so I'm wearing just like, you know, those like nylon runner shorts and galoshes. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Because we, we didn't understand the sun could kill us and, uh, you know. Yeah. But it was just so much fun. It was so much fun. And was acting a thing that you thought about when no. you were in Yakima? No, not at all. I never. Were you ever like, I'm going to be a trucker like my dad? No, but I, I, I thought I was going to be a writer. I was small. I started school a little early, uh-huh. I think, because I was annoying to my mom, and I, <laughs> I passed all the tests. You know, yeah. I was four, so I was a little young for my grade. So I was always smaller than everybody. You know, I, n- no interest from the ladies. You know, until like my senior year, I finally got a girlfriend for a minute. You know. <laughs> um, and ath- you know, athletics were tricky. You know, I, I ran, but I didn't but do much it's else. But it's true when you're small. a year behind in high school, athletically, it makes a huge fucking difference. It's a big difference, yeah. And yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. And in retrospect, I'm kind of glad. Sure. About it, that it wasn't you know my peak experience in life. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it was a good place to grow up. You know, we had rivers to swim in and bridges to jump off, and mm-hmm. you know, places to ride bikes. And I had a few good teachers that really knew how to spark a kid you know and you know encourage that creativity in them you know and i thought i was going to be a writer i was painfully shy what type of writing like just journalism huh yeah i wrote journalism i wrote short fiction you know i think that's what my degree is in is in poetry short fiction yeah like a journalism minor and then i i took an acting class in college just because i thought oh I what should, year were you I freshman how to or? write plays and that was my fourth year Oh, so you're senior year. And I was like, it's hard to make a living as a journalist. I better write plays as well. Yeah. Because that's so lucrative, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And I took that, and part of that requirement was taking an acting class so that you knew what actors were going through. And I was just like, fuck, why did I do this? This is mortified. I was, this is not. Because you were kind of a shy shy kid growing up? So shy. I could barely put two words together, but. But I don't know. There was, you know, my brother died in between there. My senior when year. When you were in my college. Brother, my brother died my senior year of high school in a drunk driving accident. And so that just totally threw me for a loop. The entire, my entire college Your life career trajectory. was just kind of like in a fog. So in a way, maybe you wouldn't have been an actor for work for no, that. No, I don't think I would. Because yeah. I was, I found it and I didn't hate it. And I love, in fact, I loved it. And it, it was. Do you remember a, the moment where you were like, I could hide. wow, this makes sense to me. This is something that actually fits me yeah. with the glove. Well, it was literally drama 101. Yeah. I was taking drama, that was the class. <laughs> you know. So Not even stupid. acting 101, drama yeah. 101. And I never thought of it as a, thera- a therapy or a therapeutic experience, but clearly it was. Yeah. Because then, you know, I, I, I was, you're assigned a scene with, so I'm assigned this Arthur Miller scene with some other novice. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one it was. Memory of Two Mondays. I don't know that was. play, yeah. I didn't either. I still barely know it. It's a, <laughs> not a well-known yeah. Arthur Miller play, but we had to do a scene, and we did this scene, and I, I don't know if I was any good or not, but I, I just loved it. You know, I, 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 That shyness thing where I don't know what to say to people. Or I don't, I'm, I'm a weirdo. You know I'm a kind of a weirdo. You know, you're I'm, not a weirdo. I'm, you're I'm just socially, I'm not the most skilled socially, you know? Well, we haven't hung out a lot of parties together, but I've never struck, you yeah. never struck me. We, you know, I'm, I'm fine like this. Yeah. You know, I yeah, find I somebody that, way, that I, I like and I, I got some things in common with, you know, and yeah. we can talk, you know, but a big group, tricky. But here, someone's handing me, someone generally much smarter than I am is giving me something to say. Like, here's, here's, here's your words. Yeah. I don't have to think of it. I don't have to... 
think whether I'm an asshole. I'm just like, I just got to play this guy. And I just went nuts. I just was, I, I was doing scenes for whoever wanted me to. I was working for the directing students. I was doing my own scenes in acting class. I'd audition for the advanced acting class. You know, I, I was, I was, you, I would. You became obsessed fast. Run from rehearsal to rehearsal. Yeah. Like all day. I'd be up into the wee hours of the morning, you know. And, and, I, and I realized I'm still kind of doing it. You know, it's it's not. It was good in the beginning, but there's later those things cause problems. You know, like I'm still kind of running, yeah, from one character to the next. I'm, I usually have more than one job. You know, yeah. which so your relationships suffer sometimes. You know, sure. these other. So it's kind of weird. Like your your motivations have to change almost. You know. Now, what do you mean your motivations have to change? Well, like it was therapeutic for me probably to get over Eric's death in the beginning. Yeah. I, I could get out of the, out of my own head. So that helped Get you. out of my world. But after a, after a while, you've dealt with then with that death. You yeah. Know, it's, it's not hard for me to talk about. It's, you know, it's not hard for me to talk about him. You know, if I go home and I go to the gravesite, I don't feel like this is where he is. And there was a, a time you do. You want to go sure. there for comfort. And now it just feels like, you know, there's nothing here. This is not, this is no longer a comforting place. It's a pretty park. Sure. You know, but, but I just mean, so you got to find new reasons for doing things. And then, and then for a while it's like, oh, I just enjoy this. And, and then maybe it's, you know, what am I putting out in the world? You know, what, am I contributing anything? Or am I just running around having fun or... You know what I mean? So I, you got to be able to roll, I think, with those challenges. And so do you feel now, because you've done so much, you're accomplished, do you think you're at a place in your career where you're more conscious of the work you're doing as something that is contributing to the world in a positive way? Or are you kind of like, mm -hmm. what's the money? Good roll, well, done. Which is also a valid reason to do things, right? It's uh, the, the, the love or money. Th sometimes you just need do to it for love or rent. money. Yeah. You got to take care of your family, you know. And in times like this, especially, there's so many people struggling. You just feel like yeah. an asshole saying no to anything. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I'm I'm no I'm no superstar, but I I feel very fortunate to be able to weather the storm relatively comfortably. You know, there's been some worry. Sure. You know, we're not. You don't see many actors in the Fortune, whatever, top ten. You know, it's <laughs> uh, it's hedge fund guys, or you know. If that's your aim, there's other better ways to get rich. Yes. But that said, you know, I, I think that is what's happening for me right now. I think finally in my 50s, I'm finally going like, what's the second half of life look like? You know, and, you know, should I just be taking whatever comes down the pike, you know, uh, answering? And, and I don't, but I feel like it sometimes. I feel like I should have been a little pickier. Interesting. Sometimes, you know, but... Uh, I think that there's room for that change. I also think that that's a that's a tough thing to get down on yourself about because as a comic, so coming from a different end, sometimes I'll put out something that's a dumbass bit that's full of sexual stereotypes and racial stereotypes, and I'm like, I don't know if this is going to. Mm. Yeah, let's put it out there, and I'll get responses like, "Look, I had the worst fucking week." And this made me made laugh. my day. Like that's I, I think as as an artist or a performer, that's one of the reasons why we do it. Yeah. So at this moment in particular, the, yeah. that might be the most valuable thing we can contribute is is a little diversion and a little ease of mind for those people that are out there really fucking fighting. For sure, you know. So anything that you do, and particularly with your level of of, of pedigree and talent, anything that you do, you're going to be giving solace to someone somewhere. You know what I mean? I hope so. Yeah, you know I. I, I I don't want to give 
you or your you know your fans the impression that I, oh now I've got it all together because it, you know this, it's been a I've had a hard time even through this thing you just you always feel like well I guess that's it for me maybe, maybe this is that moment you know maybe I shouldn't have turned that job down you know maybe mm. I should have done it you know and and you get in that weak spot where you start comparing yourself to other people and i and i can be guilty of that you know I, oh for sure i can go down a dark road thinking I've, I've i made a mistake somewhere back along the way and i should be somewhere else you know all those things <laughs> that's so crazy it man. is and then i you, believe it yeah and then but you know and then you meet somebody who's just like you know I'm a young actor and I told my agent I want to have a career like you and you're, and you're just like at your lowest <laughs> and inside my head I'm thinking aim higher buddy you know yeah but at the same time you're like okay you know I don't yeah. know if there's a god or not but you just sent a fucking angel telling me to shut the fuck up and be grateful and you know a lot of people want what you have which yeah. still I don't I don't see it you know but, I get that but yeah. I, I think that's why I'm still kind of running you know I'm no yeah. So it's like the mantra that that kind of got you going is still running in your head, and now you don't feel like yeah. it's serving you in the same way. I don't know if it's just a habit at yeah. this point, or if it's. Still but by any metric, Garrett, and 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 I'm just saying this because you're Fred, but you you know there's that stupid phrase, "You've made it," or "I'm going to make it," whatever. But you 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 are in a rarefied air of of really respected, really talented working working actors who um, has an incredible resume, and you know one thing to that end I've got to remember that more <laughs> I've always I've always wondered and believe me the amount of people that come like hey Bill why aren't you more famous I'm like eat the a time, dick right? but you must get that I thought you were going to be a huge times. movie star yeah you're but, just but like, first of all I, I mean I was feeling pretty good just go on IMDB and, and look at his resume and he is but um, I also know that because you don't like the game the social game and you don't seem like the type of guy who's going to like hit every fucking premiere and red carpet out there because you need to get in the press. You, you, it seems like you sort of shy away from that, either intentionally or unintentionally. I guess so. I You're mean, not a self promoter. I don't you know think what I mean? it does much, to be honest. You know, no one's there to work. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I, uh, that's a, a horrible generalization because I'm sure a lot of wonderful things have happened, and and even I've had a few interactions with people i've never met before who are like hey and i'm like hey i'm a fan of yours i'm a fan of yours and, and you feel like that's helpful but i i just don't think it's a good reason to go it's just not fun yeah but i know people who are you know i see them on a red carpet and and i man he just called and asked for a loan you know that i know you're broke but you're putting on an air of i'm a big star and yeah. i feel that they need to, you know there's a need for people to put an image of themselves out there but i don't know if it's helping us i don't know if it's helping actors because interesting it, even at this moment especially this moment maybe you know like people aren't digging hollywood too much right now you, you know what i mean and, and the, tweeting selfies of yourself on your yacht you know just <laughs> hanging out waiting for covid to end you know it's just sort of like we're out here scrabbling and scraping and working our asses off and organizing food drives or trying to keep businesses together you know, a lot of actors are doing a lot of good work. I'm not saying, but I just you, you just got to remember, you know. <laughs> yeah. You, we, we get coddled a lot. We get pampered. You know, everything's brought to us. And it's, you know, even, even the lowest end of our totem pole, we get spoiled, you know. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, 
That's what you know. It's so funny, Garrett, because like I said, it, it, it's interesting to talk to you, and I haven't talked to you for so long. But you're you're so fucking talented, and you're so fucking good. And then you also have the same perspective that so many actors have who aren't nearly at your level. It seems like there's never a place to land. Uh, maybe as an it never actor. ends. Yeah, maybe it like never you ends. Ha- so so with the idea of landing, is there something that either you had younger as a as a landing spot, or that you have now as a landing spot where it feels like it will help you stop running? Is it Look, you're an Oscar caliber actor, obviously. You've been in Oscar winning, Oscar nominated films. That is not outside of your purview or the realm of possibility that you could be up there holding an Oscar. Is that sort of the pinnacle of the achievement in, in our industry as, as an actor or is there something else? I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, and the Oscars have been changing so much, you know, and, and, and as you get more experienced, you realize the political game that's played in all awards. Yeah. You know that, you know when I, I'm just a kid, or even before I'm an actor, and you used to watch the Oscars, you were like, "Oh my God, that guy is the best actor of the year." You know, <laughs> that was the best movie. And then you, you work know, with me, and you're like, Ugh, "This guy sucks." Yeah, no. <laughs> or or you're just like, "Oh, well, this movie was also pretty great." You know, who, who's to say? You know, it's such yeah. a subjective thing, and 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 I don't know if I've ever known. Uh, I'm sure this might not be true, but I. I I, I personally don't know anybody that was like, I'm going to do this movie so that, and, and, I, and I'm thinking about the Oscar I'm going to win the whole time. And yeah. Maybe that has happened, but I, I feel like the really great movies are people that just really are passionate about this story they're going to tell, and they're not thinking about the future of the film itself. They're just trying to make the best thing they can, and those experiences are the sort of pinnacle for me. Yeah. You know? And I've been fortunate to have a few. You know. What would you say is the film that you worked on? First of all, in terms of work, television versus film, yeah. is there one that gives you more satisfaction or payoff, yeah. or is it just based on the project? I think so, but, you know, and I'm also not... I've, I, I have been leads in some movies, but generally I'm not, you know. And so I, I've, I've never felt the pressure of having to carry like a major motion picture. I've, I've never worked for a big studio, you know? Yeah. Uh, I like being called by people I respect to say like, you know, will you be a part of this thing that we're putting together? Because I feel like they think I, I will help the project. There's another <laughs> motorcycle. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there a call that you got from someone where maybe out of the blue where you were like, I just got a call from this holy shit like, I guess the thing is like where's it has there a moment you know when you're younger I remember when I was I think in in college I love Malkovich as I think a lot of people uh-huh. did you know a lot of white guys yeah, did a lot of people like between me. ages 30 and 60 and uh, <laughs> um, and I remember I met him at a after a play I just like hey Malkovich you know and I had that starstruck moment yeah and I don't know if since then I've really then you get jaded very quickly and sure. and it's but have you had moments as an adult actor where you've met an actor who you respected, who was like, I'm a fan, or, or where it just kind of blew your mind, where someone like, you see Tom Hanks, he's like, oh my God, I loved you, and blah, blah, blah. You must have had moments like that, too. I, I, I think there's been a few, but I'm sure that a lot of that is the source of my uh, dissatisfaction, too, is, is, is sometimes you feel like I've done something wrong because I feel like I can hang with anybody. Yeah. Where's my opportunity? You know, I remember reading an article about Downey Jr. Where before Iron Man, where he was he'd done all these amazing things. 
more amazing than I've ever done already. And he, but he was thinking like, where's mine? Where's, where's my piece of the pie? You know, after Before all Iron these Man. things. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if he's talking about money. I don't know if he's talking about what, but I was thinking, fuck, you know, that guy was so good. And like everything I've ever seen, you know, that, that's what I'm striving for. Yeah. Um, I, I remember Jesse James, you know, when I, I'd been cast as Charlie Ford, uh, so me and uh, Casey Affleck were going to be brothers in this thing. And then a television pilot I'd done that I thought was dead sort of resurrected itself, and I couldn't play the part anymore. It was like the best part I'd ever been cast in in his movie at that point. That's like the lead bad guy in that film, or lead sort of well, antagonist. Well, Brad Pitt was playing Jesse James, and Casey plays Bob Ford, who eventually kills Jesse James okay. historically. And Charlie's his brother, uh, and Sam Rockwell ended up playing that part you know and I thought he was great they gave me another part in the movie because you know, I was just sick about it I thought well that's it for me I'm a fool for taking this part in this dumb TV show but they gave me this other part that was good I had a few good scenes and I had to sort of fly back and forth between New York and uh, Ontario or, or I guess Alberta we shot that in and I remember coming into the makeup trailer and Brad was in there and I was you know I'd never met anybody like that and that's about as big as you get yeah and he was and he and he was there and he saw me he's like ah we got you we got you and he got out of the chair like you know like i knew he had worked because he'd offered himself up was he a producer on the film as well yeah it was a plan b picture which also did 12 years a slave did the monsters of god pilot i mean they've been did very he, loyal did he hire you on 12 years slave was that brad pitt well it was it was plan b yeah, uh, the, same people. The, the, they're they're kind to me. They're they, yeah. They got, they got incredible taste in projects. First For of sure. all, and Dee Dee Gardner's I think a genius. He's got a really brilliant producing partner, Jeremy Kleiner. Uh, but he came out of the chair, you know, with his little thing on, and and I knew that they had worked hard to find me something in the movie, even though I couldn't do the. And, and I remember being surprised that he knew anything about the whole <laughs> yeah. story. And he was. And then I yeah. find out that he'd offered himself up to guest star on the show that was conflicting for me if they would let me out to, to play Charlie. He'd never done TV at that point. You know, he was, he was offering himself up. And they did it? Did he do a guest well, star on the show? No, because they didn't let me out. Because like, they're like, oh. there's no way we can let him out. He's in, every epi- he's in every scene. He's in every episode. You know, that we can't do it. You know, but I, and of course the That's show was incredible. canceled after eight episodes. Yeah. You know, it was a huge bomb. <laughs> <laughs> just the exact length of time we shot Jesse James. Hilarious. And I, I don't know why I'm saying all this. It doesn't matter. But that's an amazing story that like, actor. that but he was one of the he, biggest he guys in Hollywood was like, look, I will, we want this guy so bad. I will do fucking TV for fuck's sake. I know. And I, I mean, and, that's amazing. And then I was in New Orleans shooting Looper. Great for, film, For by Ryan the way. Johnson. It was a lot of fun. Emily Blunt is great. And Plan B again was there doing Killing Them Softly. Andrew Dominic directed that as well, same as Jesse James. And they knew I was in town, so they asked me if I would come in on my day off and play this security guard in this one scene that, where Brad's torturing this guy. Didn't end up even making the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it. I was like, Fuck Of course. It. Sure. Uh, all, these are all things you think about in retrospective, like, should I not be doing these things? You know, you, I, I do a lot of favors. You yeah. Know, and you're like, should you not be doing this? Because now that's all they're thinking me of. And, but I remember when I showed up on set, he, you know, Brad pulls up in this van, like a minivan, and like, it's all blacked out. He gets out, 
and he's in this like leathers you know his hair's all slicked back and and he saw me he's like hey and he throws his arms up and i just remember <laughs> that like just out of habit it's like my arm went like inside his coat and kind of like snaked around his waist <laughs> and this it was like the most intimate sort of like <laughs> lover hug and i was like what do you do like i didn't mean to do oh shit i'm inside you know and he kind of hugged me and he steps off and i was i was like uh oh, that was weird <laughs> i like snaked around his little waist you know it was like it was like i was hugging my girlfriend <laughs> it was just like muscle memory or something it was weird that's so fucking funny i was about to say when you went i was like oh you're going for the underhook you're doing like your jujitsu <laughs> underhook right i think that was pre-jujitsu <laughs> yeah i feel like a fraud about jujitsu i gotta say bad segue but you know i hurt my leg i had just shot a pilot for plan b yeah i, I was the lead of this pilot i love it, it what was, was it brilliant. was it called again that was the it was called monsters of god it was about the comanche wars and you were the you were t you top line that right? Yeah, it was, you were above title. On it was that. A, it was like here you go from Plan B. Yeah, for you've all been your great. Service. So here's your Rod Lurie's baby. He wrote directed it. I think it's great. Yeah, you sh you you showed them Facebook. It was great. You were awesome. And it didn't, uh, you know, it ended up not going. But at the, it was between pilot and beginning of filming that I tore my knee. Yeah, I think I said my job, my job as I fell down. Oh my god! On the mat, on the mat, and I just thought, what are you doing? Dude, yeah. you're in your 50s. You're not going to be a fighter. What, you know, who, who are you trying to impress? I've just jeopardized your career. Everything. Everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I just, I, I, I'm a fraud. I'm, I'm a jujitsu fraud. I'm a dilettante with it. You know, it took me like 14 years, 14 years to get like my purple belt. I just got it from chance, my, my main teacher. And then I tore my knee. And then I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't, you know, it's still not great. Yeah. But it's much better than it used to be, you know, yeah. even than, the, than pre. But there's guys at Roll who've torn everything. Of course. The thing about jujitsu. shoulders, their both knees. Just to encourage you. I mean, you, you are a commodity for the business, but just to encourage you. That, it's you a know, wonderful If you know thing. the people that you work with and like we're to Roll and you're like, by the way, Bill, like. Uh, you're fucking great though. You, you, you got, your base game is but, but I'm also like if we roll together like there's you're, you're not, not gonna, gonna get injured my knee. no I yeah. know but the trouble as well about that being a workaholic is I just find myself all these weird places yeah I went to so many dojos once just you know, to roll one uppity and, I, and I'm belt. humble I'm humble I'm old I'm like look this belt is white you know <laughs> like I'm not trying to bring in my LA technique and show you know but <laughs> you just get ground to powder by these guys that got something to prove or they know who you are oh yeah and they want to prove and it's just like fuck you know I, I never had like a steady place because I was I was just too too workaholic -y, you know and it's it's a shame it's a shame you know and, and it was sporadic yeah if I got to roll once a week it was great usually it's just a couple times a month that's why it took 14 years for me to make any kind sure, of progress of when we rolled that one time it was you, you. You just you were playing with me. You, you like allowed me to put you in a triangle, basically. <laughs> Do you remember that? I, it was, and I felt like, oh, he's just trying to see. Like he's like, <laughs> well, let's see how long I can stand a triangle, which was <laughs> the entire time I was trying to to choke you out in it. Do you even remember that? Probably. I mean, I think I do that a lot. <laughs> I, I do have a, my neck is hard to. I do play with people because I go, I go, yeah, I have a fucking. I weird felt neck. like I was being played with. Yeah. No, dude. You no. Trust me. You you were good, but you were also you know. Again, sirens, the whole world's going to shit, and here we are, and horrible air quality in L.A., smoke everywhere. It's insane. Um, 
I think at that time I was doing a lot, and I think I was like really, I was buffed up for like some role, so I was like working it a, out. It was a tough dojo as well. I mean, that, oh well, that there dojo, some serious people. You know, there. that dojo is probably at this point the most famous dojo in the yeah. world. It's Enzo Gracie in New York. They have Gordon Ryan, I mean, who's considered the best in the world. There, it, it was Tonin. a lot of really good people there. Yeah, and John Donaher. So it's. I mean, I'm also a fraud. D- d- I'm also. I feel the same way because I'm always. I've never competed in it. People want to talk to me about it like I'm one of the brethren, and I'm just like, look, you know. Yeah. I'd love to learn from you, but no. Are you, so do you feel that you want to get back into it, or you feel like okay, that's enough. It's just not I worth do it. miss it, you know, and and even when you dabble in it, just with my nephews, even you know, you're just like ah, this was fun. This yeah. Was, I, ha- I I had an aptitude for it. I felt. Yeah, you did. You know, when I got long arms, because you're flex, you're flexible too. Your I'm legs weirdly are flexible. flexible. Yeah. yeah, my legs are very flexible, but but if I had to choose, it's it wouldn't be that one, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving forward with your career, Garrett, is there, do you have like stuff like, I don't want to say five year plan, 10 year plan, but do you have yeah, sort right. of pie in the sky yeah. stuff? I mentioned the Oscars, obviously, but do you have stuff like, do you want to direct or produce or write? Is there something, I think at one point we talked years ago about a project that I think was a Cormac McCarthy story that you were interested in turning into a film. Maybe I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, just, he, he's just expensive. Yeah, um, is, is that something that you still kind of, particularly now in I quarantine, kind of have dreams about that? I, I directed one episode of Raising Hope. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. I had a hard time just being an actor after that. You know, I mean, I, I learned a lot. Yeah, the audition process. I was just like amazed at how people cut themselves off or sold themselves short. You know, time wise. You know, like they seem like they didn't want to wait step on toes you know, or, or they just didn't like hello sir sorry sir like oh, okay oh, that's it i'm out you know and you're like <laughs> oh, i was gonna ask you to do something else uh, all right but also how i didn't get you know like they wanted three choices for each role and i never got my first choice yeah which told you something about the the, the tenor process yeah. the tenor of the piece that they were looking for you know and maybe mine wasn't in line with that my taste and what i was thinking i was gonna do wasn't in line Interesting. With the whole sort of thematic thing of the thing. Hey, sorry. Well, I've, I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of people in casting and producers. They say it's almost always a second choice. Yeah, wild, huh? Y- you know, because that's what they can always agree on. So that's second, my excuse. I've been second choice a lot. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's great, man. <laughs> so here's my advice: be second best. Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you have any? Do you have any advice? Because you know, a lot of these, a lot of people. Uh, I mean, this is a, you know sort of originally for comics but a lot of it's just about creatives it's all about because comics, comics man. are very, it's a very circumlocutus route to get to comedy you know I used to be I used to work the door at Catch a Rising Star in New York oh really holy shit was Catch a Rising Star still around when you got out of no. school because you're a little younger than me yeah it wasn't no it closed it like right after you got out of school or you, you, you might not have been aware like, of it because you weren't in comedy like right late away. 90s yeah I don't think it was around but I worked the door there briefly briefly it was like I was like subbing for yeah. people but it was so amazing to watch the comics every night and there was like you know Nick DiPaolo was there and Chris Rock would try out shit and John Stewart you know knowing who John Stewart was he'd yeah. come and do stuff Adam Sandler would come late and try out you know sing these songs and I was like who is this weird dude and and the the knots they'd tie themselves in waiting to go on yeah I mean I was terrified I was terrified like, I was nervous and I just thought I the amount of courage to be a stand-up comedian to me is fucking. I, I, I'm. I, I, I couldn't do it. 
I don't think I could do it. Well, I could play one if someone wrote me all the lines. Of course. But, but when you guys get up and you're just like winging it or just like bantering, I don't know. I think there's definitely like a masochistic streak in most, most comics where they, because like you said about jujitsu, you said these guys would humiliate you. That's not a bad thing to be humiliated. No. And once you embrace a life of humiliation, it's very Buddhist, <laughs> then it's fine. Jiu-jitsu is fine. Stand-up kind because you go there and you bomb. And two things happen when you bomb. First you go, oh, that sucked. But also, it didn't suck that bad. Right. It's not like when you're a kid and you watch the movie Fame and he bombs. You're like, <gasps> it's not. Bombing is like, okay, whatever. I wouldn't even yeah. have coffee with these people. Fuck yeah, them. we've all done that. Yeah. So, um. You'll work so I again. think you could definitely, it's one of those things, like it actually would make, the fact that you were shy and you got into acting, it's not that dissimilar, because I was like you, I, I couldn't string, I mean, I had like a bad lisp. Yeah? And I had like chronic tonsillitis, so I was like, I would like talk like this. Wow. And my favorite drink was Sprite, and I'd go to the restaurant, like, can I have a, can I have a Sprite? Can I have a Sprite? Wow. Even when I went to graduate school, they were like, that's a lot of my work. mouth, like, what's up with your fucking mouth? That you Amazing. Can't, that you can't how say. Did you, how did, what did you do? How did you? I literally just... Um, That's a lot of work. I did a lot of... I, it's really weird, but I did a sort of Mr. Miyagi type of... I put like rubber bands on my tongue and figured out how to place my tongue and I put marbles in my mouth. Wow. Just all that fucking dumb shit. Got my tonsils removed in graduate school. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So so I'm coming from the same place as someone who was not a, a right. speaker, right. didn't like to talk in high school, was made fun of for being shy and having a lisp and shit. And then my whole life becomes about like, hey guys, listen to me. I'm a podcast. I'm an actor. Isn't I'm it a crazy? Comic. Yeah. Um, what becomes of us? Yeah. There's two last things. And, and, and well, this has been great, man. You're so awesome. I, I did want to hear that story you told me about Ed O'Neill during Deadwood, which I want to circle back to that. Oh, when he was using his jujitsu <laughs> on the street, right? He, they were at a party or it something? Was Dayton. Dayton Callie told me this story. He played Charlie Utter on the thing and he's been pals with Ed forever and he and and he's always he's always this grumpy old man he's been a grumpy old man since he was like 20 i'm sure <laughs> yeah. he's a jazz musician or something and 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 he was talking about him and ed being at a bar and uh, just a random bar and just a random bar and uh someone was just giving him a hard time and and ed and 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 Dayton phrased it like, and of course Ed's been dying for a chance to use all his jujitsu. He's been waiting fifty years to use it on somebody. So he so he just says to the guy like, "My friend, you're making a huge mistake." You know? <laughs> and did he recognize him from Married with Children at that point? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. But the guy kept pressing it, and Ed just choked him out. Just got this standing choke in the him, bar. Eased him down to the ground. No, they're outside. Eased him down to the ground because he'd followed them outside. I guess. They waited there. Then he woke up and he tried to do it again and it choked him out again. I mean, he just was like, <laughs> he was in heaven. It's not as funny probably as you remember, but. <laughs> well, I think the thing you told me is that like he was choking go and you said Charlie was dealing with some guy and they looked over like, Ed, you're going to kill him. Oh, that's he was right. Like, that's right. I said, let, let him go. One more minute. Let him go. <laughs> Give me one more <laughs> he minute. I remember it better than I do. He was just like, <laughs> he's like, just give me 30 more seconds. <laughs> Have you had any moments where you've had to like use jiu-jitsu or anything like that in your life? in life or use or have people tried to like big no, man you I've at bars or a big problem with that and but I, you know i don't drink so maybe yeah. I, everything i always hear about is like stuff happening in bars yeah and i'm just like don't <laughs> go to fucking bars yeah but no i've never i, I, I never have I've, I've i've been in fights 
but it rarely devolves into jujitsu. But I think because of jujitsu, you sort of like you know you know Tate Tate Fletcher, big stunt man. You'd, you'd recognize him if you saw him. Big dude, bald, huge beard, looks like a pirate. Yeah, very Zen dude, but he's this massive. You know, jujitsu practitioner. I think he, he owns or has owned gyms. You know, he's a great guy. But he'll always talk about you know things happening in public, which amazes me. First, whoever would be messing with someone like that. Yeah. But he'll like pull you into a guard and do something to you. Right? Like he has a move. You know, I don't have that. I'm not that. <laughs> but an awareness, like we were talking about earlier, of just how to move to read somebody coming at you what yeah. they're about to do you can it's it's easy to kind of stop or block or avoid and uh i just you know i i don't think most people really want to fight or, or no, they of course certainly not. do not have stamina like sometimes mm-hmm. you just you're just like okay i'll let you go for 30 seconds and if you're punching me like this i know you don't even know how to punch so yeah but you're going to be tired in about but as an seconds. adult you've had people try to punch you and stuff no it's been a long time it's been a long time i mean not since an adult like me. Yeah. Um, so, it's um, been since my thirties, I think. Okay. I've never had any trouble. So, um, I know you're, so you got fear of the walking dead. It's going to be, and it's in its, uh, eighth season now. Sixth. Sixth season. Sixth. No three, end in sight for me. And, uh, um, I mean, which is, you know, it's a, it's a show that for, it's in the cultural zeitgeist and pr- probably more now than ever because everyone's worried about the fucking zombie apocalypse. I see that. <laughs> um, and you probably have a couple other things. Um, you have a couple other things on the back burner or other film projects or? There's stuff we're looking at, yeah. Um, uh, it's been tricky with COVID. A lot of stuff has been pushed. Yeah. But uh, it's, a, it's a good moment for me, and this is, this is a moment I'm really taking my time and not just taking what comes down the pike. So you're looking you at every, every project comes your way? And yeah, and, and evaluating it if it's actually going to move the needle for me or not, or if it's something I want to be away from home for. Yeah. You know? And uh, it's exciting. I'm excited about, uh, about some things. Yeah. What is, what is the movie or role? Or th- Someone asked me this the other day, said, what would be like your dream kind of role? Or what would be... Is there something, a role that you would look at, like, I want to play this guy? Like, for me, it was some variation of the Joker type of role would be great for me, where I get to, like, not hide behind paint and would, fucking just be crazy. You get to hide behind paint? Yeah. yeah. I get to be painted and fucking completely Different so divorced from who I am Yeah. Um, that I probably would, like, go into a, a psychic break and depression afterwards, but... Is there a role like that that you look at, like a type of role or a character that you go, man, this is something that I haven't done this type of part. I and mean, you've done so many. I haven't done this type of part, but that's kind of a bucket list item. <laughs> I guess. I, 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 I'm not very specific about that. I know people have been asking us that since theater days, right? Like they want you to say Romeo or Hamlet or something. And <laughs> obviously those kind of roles are lost to me now, but but I think I'm the same. I, I've never done something that's demanded real, like just to change the way I move or, you know, like if I had to play a dancer or something or a next yeah. dancer at this point, probably, but you know what I mean? Something sure. real physically challenging that way. I've, I've never had the opportunity to do. And, and th- I think that'd be fun. Do you have any interest in going back and doing theater at all? If there's a good Broadway role? I do, 
Jesus, I don't know what's going to happen with theater. I mean, talk about an industry Spring that's at the earliest, suffering you know right I mean? now. And, and all my friends that make their living making theater, I'm just, it's awful, awful time right now. Um, I do. It's, it's been about six years since I've done a play. What I need, I, I need to have a good experience. You know, uh, uh, theater, especially in New York, is, is a very insular community. It's very... It's just as petty and of course it backbitey is. as of any course. other fast, you know, facet of our industry. And I've been in a pl- in plays where I'm just like, man, I can get treated like shit on and a bad a sh- TV and make a show and, and money. at least make money. Absolutely, you know, this is this is a terrible play. Nothing worse than a terrible play. Nothing worse with an arrogant playwright. Oh man, and a new play, and uh, and I'm not getting paid, and I'm getting treated like shit. You know, or and it's it's. Uh, it doesn't make you want to do another one. Yeah. I don't know how they do things in LA, but in the New York <laughs> theater scene, we, you yeah, know, it's garbage. But when I pine for theater and I do, you know, it's, it's like, I think of experiences I've, I've had at Steppenwolf, you know, yeah. amazing. Williamstown. We were talking I mean, about it the other day. To this so day, like fun. I was a first year Seattle graduate. I saw you do present laughter with Frank right. Langella and you were so, fucking funny that was like the first time i was like oh this guy's fucking incredible because you were just like this solid guy good it's good yeah you know it's such a wonderful experience and 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 i miss that camaraderie that is like nowhere else you know you 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 develop these families in in film and tv but it's there's always this knowledge that like oh this is going to be over in a month or you know two months or it's it's hard to stay friends with other busy people you know, most yeah. of my people I know are really busy. You're always traveling. People in our business move around a lot. It's hard yeah. to maintain, especially. And then if you have a wife or girlfriend that, or family, yeah, yeah, you got kids. You know, that's your priority. But uh, yeah, if if the right thing came along, I'd I'd love to do it a, a play again. You know, yeah. I haven't focused on it since. Of course, I mean, of I've course. done like a hundred plays. I mean, of course, you. It's have. crazy. I mean, you were a serious it's theater weird. veteran, you know. But then to, to for it to have been so long since I've done one is that's like, crazy too. Huh. Yeah, I'm really old. Yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been uh, almost four years for me too. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, anyway, man, dude, it's it's so great seeing you, Garrett. You're, you I, too, I'm buddy. such a fan of you as a human being and as an actor and an yeah. artist. I always like to see. You're one of those people, like anything that you do, I'm going to watch. A, as your friend, because I know you're going to do something fucking interesting with it. Well, um, that gives me good impetus to, to keep working hard. Yeah, you're, man. You're a is good there, guy, and thanks for your Of your course, man. Is there, any, is there anything that you want to like leave people with? Any bit of advice for anyone who's like interested in acting or arts or anything like that? Do you have any sort of like I'm bad Buddhist at, sage wisdom I'm to impart? I'm bad at advice generally because, you know, I'm, I wrestle with, you know, confidence issues of myself so i'm never sure if what i do is good but i I would just say you know are you having fun yeah (laughs) if you're having fun and you're not comparing yourself to anybody you know that there is no template there's there's just none so just get off your own back keep making your own way work hard know your lines you know don't be an asshole yeah i think you'll have a long life in this business and it can be fun for sure it can be fun absolutely so there's some obvious advice for that's not the obvious believe me anybody I should have listened to the don't be an asshole thing because that's <laughs> fucked me over um, yeah, that was meant for you 
<laughs> do you have any um do you have anything right now so people listen everyone's still in lockdown probably for the next who ever knows is there anything that you have streaming right now they're like hey this is sort of the thing that i want you to see this is a great example of my work people who aren't familiar with you or oh, something that's stuff. unknown that you go here, here's a little known thing that maybe you should watch or here's a fun little project i did that maybe you don't well, know I about think deadwood's a good place for people to start yeah you know that 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 messed a lot of us up in a lot of ways because we've all been trying to recreate that experience because it's such a great the experience the rest of our careers yeah know? it was for us you know yeah. and it was a seminal seminal series too you know I think so it was, it was a real golden era of television yeah. going on at that moment The Wire was also happening Sopranos had just ended or was about to end streaming wasn't quite no didn't take over with no. like but yeah. I think you know if you're in the you know the the themes that he was trying to deal with there, David Milch, you know, are, are valid and worthwhile, and he wasn't afraid of language. Um, I was talking about this with Tim Oliphant the other day. When, when we, we all went, I, I got to play a third part on the Deadwood movie that finally oh, just happened right. last year. Just a tiny little part. Um, but I wanted to be there, you know, because David is... And it's your crew. Publicly yeah. know now is battling Alzheimer's. You know. So oh, I didn't know that. This mayor may might not be his last hurrah, but he he managed that fucking brain of his to write this one last, you know, wrap up of Deadwood that I thought was quite beautiful. Yeah. And uh, all those people on that, I'm friends with to this day. You know, Dayton, Tim, Earl Brown, Sean Bridgers, incredible writer. There's just an endless... Jim Beaver's fucking amazing. And Kim Dickens was also on Fear the Walking Dead. That's how I got on Fear the Walking Dead. But we're all trying to recreate that experience where it's this cyclic thing mm -hmm. is happening on set where, you know, Milch is so good at what he does that he's not threatened by you. you of know? course. So if you do something great, he's like, oh, do that and say this instead. You know? That's and great. So he's influ you just influenced him. Yeah, you know, and then the cameraman who's also excited because something's happening is like, well, if he's going to do that. Well, I should shoot it from over here. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. So it just you just felt this creativity. Yeah, like is and, and the it, actors were respected for their creative input. Absolutely. Yeah, and they respected everyone else. You know, as as part of this whole team making this. You know? Yeah, and. Uh, that's heady. That's a heady experience. And you and you think, and I was young at the time, so I'm thinking, this is how it is. Yeah. It's not. It's not like that. All, but it could be. It could be. It should be. Yeah. You know, but there's so much ego. There's, you know, time and time is money now. And and in fairness, you know, we took a, what made this show special probably killed it. You know, we took a long time. We took 21 days for one episode. Oh, I remember that. I mean, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. That, that can't happen. But boy... It was a hell of a way to go, a hell of a way to start. And, and I know that's streaming. But there's a lot of really great content out there right now that I'm not involved in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really... Uh, well, we're plugging. You can tell me those yeah. after the show. Anyway, um, <laughs> Garrett, man, so great to see you. I'm so glad we got to hang out. Thanks, and uh, And uh, thanks for coming and uh, sharing uh, this time with us, guys. Yes, Bye-bye.